Hello, welcome back to Adventist Angel Squadron Radio. Our Father at the heaven, thank you for this opportunity. May your Holy Ghost guide us through the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I pray and I believe. Amen. My name is Evangelist King Osiemo. In Revelation chapter 14, men are called, are called upon to worship the Creator, and the prophecy brings to view a class that has a threefold message are keeping the commandments of God. One of these commandments points directly to God as the Creator. The fourth precept declares the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth and the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and allowed it. Concerning the Sabbath, the Lord says, Father, that it is a sign that you may know that I am the Lord your God, and the reason given is, for in six days the Lord made heaven and the earth, and, uh, and the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. The importance of the Sabbath as the memory of creation is that it keeps ever present the true reason why worship is due to God, because he is the creator and we his creatures. The Sabbath, therefore, lies at the very foundation of divine worship, for it teaches this great truth, where it says it is the most impressive manner, and no other institution does this as the Sabbath. The true ground of divine worship, not of that on the seventh day Mary, but of all worship, is found in the distinction between the Creator and His creatures. This is a great fact that can never become obsolete and must never be forgotten. It was to keep this truth ever before the minds of men that God instituted the Sabbath in Eden, and so long as the fact that He is our Creator continues to be a reason why we should worship Him, so long as the Sabbath will continue as a sign it is as a sign as it is and its memorial, had the Sabbath been universally been kept, man's thoughts and affections would have been left to the Creator as the object of reverence and worship, and there would never have been an idolater, an atheist, or an infidel. The keeping of the Sabbath is a sign of loyalty to the true God, Him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. It follows that the message which commands men to worship God and keep His commandments will especially call upon them to keep the fourth commandment. In contrast to those who keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus Christ, the third angel points to another class against whose errors a solemn and fearful warning is uttered. If any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead, or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God. A correct interpretation of the symbols employed is necessary to an understanding of this message. What is represented by the beast, the image, and the mark? The line of prophecy in which these symbols are found begins with Revelation chapter 12, with a dragon that sought to destroy Christ at his path. The dragon is said to be Satan. It is he that moved upon a rod to put the Savior to death. But the chief agent of Satan in making war against Christ and his people during the first centuries of the Christian era was the Roman Empire, in which pagan, paganism was the prevailing religion here as the second dragon.
or the dragon so thus while the dragon primarily represents satan it is in a second sense a symbol of pagan rome in chapter 13 is described another beast like onto a leopard to which the dragon gave his power and a seat and a great authority this symbol's most protestants have believed represents the papacy the pope which succeeded to the power and the seat and authority once power one possessed by the ancient roman empire revelation chapter 14 verse 9 to 10 revelation chapter 3 verse 9 and verse 1 to 10 speaks about this beast of the leopard like beast it is declared there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies and he opened his mouth in blasphemy against god to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven and it was to make and it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them and the power was given him over all kindred tongues and nations this prophecy which is nearly identical with the description of the literal honor of daniel 7 and the question of three points to the papacy power was given unto him to continue 40 and two months and says the prophet i saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death again he that leaded into captivity shall go into captivity he that killed with the sword must be killed with the sword the 40 and two months are the symbols are the same as the time and uh, as the time times and the dividing of time three years and a half of 1260 years of daniel 7. the time during which the papal power was to oppress god's people this period as stated in preceding chapters began with the establishment of the papacy ad 538 and terminated in 1798 at that time when the papacy was abolished and the power was made and the power was made captive by the French army. The papal power received this dead ragoon, and the prediction was fulfilled. He that leaded into captivity shall go into captivity. At this point, another symbol is introduced, says the prophet, I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and they had two horns like a lamb. Both the appearance of this beast and the manner of its rise indicate that the nation which is represented is unlike those presented under the preceding symbols. The great kingdoms that had ruled the world were presented to the prophet Daniel as beasts of prey, rising when the four, when the four winds of the heavens drove upon the sea, or the great sea. Revelation chapter 17. In the Revelation chapter 17, an angel explains that waters represent peoples and the Matthews and nations and tongues. Winds are a symbol of strife. The four winds of heaven striving upon the great sea represent the terrible scenes of conquest and the revolution by which kingdoms have attained to power. The winds are the symbols of strife. The four winds of heaven striving upon the great sea represents the terrible scenes of conquest and the revolution by which kingdoms have attained to power. But the beast with lamb-like horns was seen coming up out of the earth. Instead of overthrowing other powers to establish itself, the nation thus represented must arise in territory previously unoccupied and grow gradually and peacefully. It will not then arise among the crowded and struggling nations of the old world of Europe, 
that the apparent sea of peoples and the Matthews and nations and the tongues, it must be sought in the western continent. What nation of the new world was in 1798, rising into power, giving promise of strength and greatness, and attracting the attention of the world? The application of uh, the symbol admits no question. One nation, only one, meets the specification of this prophecy. It points unmistakably to the United States of America. Again and again, the thought almost, the thought, almost the exact words of the sacred writer have been unconsciously employed by the orator and the historian in describing the rise and the growth of this nation. The peace was seen coming up out of the earth, and according to the translators, the word here rendered coming up literally signifies to grow or to spring up as a plant. And as we have seen, the nation must arise in a territory previously unoccupied. A prominent writer describing the rise of the United States of America speaks of the mystery of our coming forth from vacancy, and says, like a silent sea, we grew into an empire. A European journal in 1850 spoke of the United States as a wonderful empire which was emerging and amid the silence of the earth daily adding to its power and pride. Edward Everett, in an oration on the king founders of this nation, said, Did they look for a retired spot, inoffensive from its obscurity, save in its remoteness from the ants of despots? where the literal church of Leiden might enjoy freedom of conscience, behold, the mighty regions over which, in peaceful conquest, they have borne the partners of the cross. And he, and he had to answer like a lamb. And he had to, okay, we continue. And he had to answer like a lamb. The lamb-like horns indicate youth, innocence, and gentleness. Fifty-three, representing the character of the United States of America, when represented by the prophet as coming up in 1798. The Christian exiles who first fled to America, the Christian exiles who first fled to the United States of America, sought an asylum from royal oppression, royal oppression, and the priestly intolerance of the Pope and the churches, and they determined to establish a government upon the broad foundation of civil and religious liberty. The Declaration of Independence sets forth the great truth that all men are created equal and adorned with the inalienable right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And the Constitution guarantees to the people the right of self-government, providing that representatives elected by the popular vote shall enact and administer the laws. Freedom of religion, freedom of religious faith was also granted, every man being permitted to worship God according to the dictates of his conscience. Republicanism and Protestantism became the fundamental principles of the nation. These principles are the secret of its power and prosperity. Republicanism and Protestantism became the fundamental principles of the nation. These principles are the secret of the United States' power and the prosperity. The oppressed and the downtrodden 
throughout Christendom have turned to this land with interest and hope. Millions have sought its shores, and the United States of America has risen to a place among the most powerful nations of the earth. But the peace with lamb-like horns speak as a dragon, oh, and he exercised all the power of the first peace before him, and causes the earth and them which dwelt therein to wash the first peace whose dead wound was ill, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image of the beast which had the thoughts, which had the wound by a sword and did live. The lamb-like horns and the lamb-like horns and dragon voice of the symbol points to a striking contradiction between the professions and the practice of the nation thus represented. The speaking of the nation is the action of its legislative and judicial authorities. By such action, it will give the lie to those liberal and peaceful principles which it has put forth as the foundation of its policy. The prediction that it will speak as a dragon and exercise all the powers of the first peace plainly foretells a development of the spirit of intolerance and the persecution that was manifested by the nations represented by the dragon. The prediction that the United States of America will speak as a dragon and exercise all the power of the first peace, the papacy, really foretell a development of the spirit of intolerance and persecution that was manifested by the nations represented by the dragon and the leopard-like peace. And the statement that the beast with two horns caused the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast indicates that the authority of this nation is to be exercised in enforcing some observance which shall be an act of homage to the papacy, the Sunday law movement. Such action will be directed contrary to the principles of this government, to the genuine of its free institutions to the direct and the solemn avowals of the Declaration of Independence and to the Constitution. The founders of the nation wisely sought to guard against the employment of secular power on the part of the church, with this inevitable result intolerance and the persecution. The Constitution of the United States of America provided that Congress shall make no re respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof and that no religious text shall ever be required as a qualification to any office of public trust under the United States of America. Only in flagrant violation of these safeguards to the nation's liberty can any religious observancy be enforced by civil authority. But the inconsistency of such action is no greater than is represented in the symbol. It is the peace with lamb-like horns, in profession, pure, gentle and harmless, that speaks as a dragon, saying to them that dwell on the earth, and they should make an image to the beast. Yes, clearly presented a form of government in which the legislative power rests with the people, a most striking evidence that the United States of America is the nation denoted in the prophecy. But what is the image of the beast? and how is it to be formed. The image is made by the two-owned beast, America, and is an image to the first beast. It is also called an image of the beast. 
Then, to learn what the image is, is like and how it is to be formed, we must study the characteristics of the beast itself, the papacy. When the earlier church became corrupted by departing from the simplicity of the gospel and accepting Athen rites and customs, the, she lost the spirit and the power of God, and in, like Saul, King Saul. When the early church became corrupted by departing from the simplicity of the gospel and accepting art and rites and the custom, she lost the spirit and the power of God, and in order to control the consciences of the people, she sought the support of the secular power. The result was the papacy, a church that controlled the power of the state and employed it to further our own ends, especially for the punishment of heresy. In order for the United States of America to form an image of the peace, the religious power must so control the civil government that the authority of the state will also be employed by the church to accomplish our own ends. Whenever the church has obtained secular power, she has employed it to punish dissent from our doctrine. Protestant churches that have followed in the steps of Rome by forming alliances with worldly powers have manifested a similar desire to restrict liberty of concern. Whenever the church has obtained secular power, she has employed it to punish dissent from our doctrines. Protestant churches that have followed in the steps of Rome by forming alliance with worldly powers have manifested a similar desire to restrict liberty of conscience. An example of this is given in the long-continued persecution of dissenters by the Church of England. During the 16th and 17th centuries, thousands of non-conformist ministers were forced to leave their churches, and many, both of pastors and people, were subjected to fine, imprisonment, torture, and martyrdom. It was apostasy that led to area church to seek the aid of civil government, and this prepared the way for the development of the papacy, the beast. Said Paul, there shall come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3. So, apostasy in the church will prepare the way for the image of the beast. And the Bible declares that before the coming of the Lord, there will exist a state of religious declaration similar to that in the first centuries. In the last days, various times shall come, for men shall become lovers of their own selves, covetous. Posters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, and thankful and holy, without natural affection, through breakers, false accusers, incontinent, vice, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of precious more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times. Some shall depart from the faith, giving ear to the doctrines, the spirit of uh, to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Satan will work with all powers and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness and righteousness, and that received not the love of truth that they might be saved, will be left to accept strong delusion that they should believe a lie. When this state of ungodliness shall be reached, the same result will result as in the first centuries. 
The wide diversity of belief in the Protestant churches is regarded by many as a decisive proof that no effort to secure a forced uniformity can ever be made. But there has been for years in churches of the Protestant faith a strong and a growing sentiment in favor of a union based upon the common points of doctrine as it has been manifested in the United States of America of recent. To secure such a union, the discussion of subjects upon which all were not agreed however important they might be, from a Bible standpoint, must necessarily be waived, as we saw in 2017. Charles Specher, in a sermon in the year 1846, declared that the ministry of the evangelical Protestant denominations is not only reformed, uh, is not only reformed all the way up onto a tremendous pressure of mere human fear, but they live and they move and they breed in a state of things radically corrupt and appearing every hour to every baser element of their nature to ash up the truth and the power they need to the power of apostasy. Was not this the way things went to the wrong? Are we not living our life over again? And what did we see just ahead? Another general council, a wireless conventional evangelical alliance, and a universal creed. When this shall be gained, then, in the effort to secure complete uniformity, it will be only a step to the resort to force. Where, when the leading judges of the United States of America, uniting upon such points of doctrines are held by them in common, shall influence the state to enforce their decrees and to sustain their institution, then Protestant America will have formed an image of the Roman hierarchy and the infliction of civil penalties upon dissenters will inevitably result. The peace with the two horns, Gosset, Ports, Gosset or commands all, Ports, small and great, rich and poor, free and upon, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the peace or the number of his name. The third angel's warning is, if any man worship the beast and his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God. The beast mentioned in this message, whose worship is enforced by the two on beast, is the first or the leopardic piece of Revelation 13, the papacy. The image of the beast represents that form of apostate protestantism which will be developed when the Protestant churches shall seek the aid of the civil power for the enforcement of their dogmas. The mark of the beast still remains to be, enforced, or to be defined. After the warning against the worship of the beast and of his image, the prophecy declared, Ye are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Since those who keep God's commandments are thus placed in contrast with those that worship the beast, and his image, and they receive his mark, it follows that the keeping of God's law on the one hand and its violation on the other will make the distinction between the worshippers of God and the worshippers of the beast. The special characteristics of the beast and therefore of his image is the breaking of God's commandments, says Daniel of the ritual on the papacy. He shall think to change the times and the law, and the power was the same power, the man of sin, who was to exalt himself above God, 
one prophecy is complete is complete is is a complement of the other year only by changing god's law with the purpose exact is ever above god whosoever could understand greek keep the law as has changed would be giving supreme honor to that power by which the change was made such an act of obedience to the papal laws would be a mark of allegiance to the pope in the place of god the papacy has attempted to change the law of god the second commandment forbidding image worship has been dropped from the law and the fourth commandment has been so changed as to authorize the observance of the fourth of 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 the fast instead of the seventh as the sabbath but papists urge as a result for omitting the second commandment that it is unnecessary being included in the fast and that they are given are giving the law exactly as god designed it to be understood this cannot be the change foretold by the prophet an intentional deliberate change is presented he shall think to change the times and the law the change in the fourth commandments fulfill the prophecy for this the only authority claimed is that of the church yes the papal power openly sets itself above god while the worshipers of god will be especially distinguished by their god for the fourth commandment since this is the sign of his creative power and the witness of his claim upon man's reverence and homage the worshipers of the peace will be distinguished by their efforts to to tear down the greatest memorial to exalt the institution of rome it was a it was in the hour of the sunday that popery first asserted it is arrogant claims and its first resort to the power of the state was to compare the observance of sunday as the lord's day are we not seeing these movements in america but the bible points to the seventh day and not the first as the lord's day said jesus christ the son of man is lord also of the sabbath the fourth commandment declared the seventh day is the sabbath of the lord and by the prophet isaiah the lord designates it my holy day the claim to so often put forth that jesus christ changed the sabbath is disproved by his own words in his sermon on the mount he said think you know that i am come to destroy the law or the prophets are not to come to destroy but to fulfill but very i say unto you till heaven and earth pass one jot or one one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till or be fulfilled whosoever therefore shall break one of these these commandments shall shall teach men so he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven but whosoever shall do and teach them the same will great the kingdom of heaven it is a fact general admitted by protestants that the scriptures give no authority for the change of the sabbath this is plainly stated in a publication issued by the american tract society and american sunday school union One of these works acknowledges the complete silence of the New Testament so far as any explicit, explicit command for the Sabbath so-called Sunday, the first day of the week. All definite rules for the observance are concerned. Another says, up to the time of Christ's death, no change has been made in the day. 
and so far as the record shows, they, that is the apostles, they did not give an explicit command enjoying the abandonment of the 70-day Sabbath and its observance on the first day of the week. Roman, Catholic, Roman Catholics acknowledge that the change of the Sabbath was made by their church and declare that the Protestants, by observing the Sunday, are recognizing our power. In the Catholic Catechism of Christian religion, in the answer to the question as to the day of the, to be observed in obedience to the fourth commandment, this statement is made. During the old law, Saturday was the day sanctified, they say, quote, by the Spirit of God. During the old law, Sunday was the day sanctified by the church instructed by Jesus and directed by the Spirit of God as substituted Sunday for Saturday. So now we sanctify the first, not the seventy days. Sunday means, and now is the day of the Lord, they say, end of quote. As the sign of the authority of the Catholic Church, Papist writers cite the very act of changing the Sabbath into Sunday, which Protestants allow of, because by keeping Sunday strictly, they acknowledge the Church's power to ordain feast and to command them under to command them under sin. What then is the change of the Sabbath by the sign or the mark of authority of the Roman Church? The mark of the peace. The Roman Church has not relinquished our claim to supremacy. And when the world and the Protestant churches accept a Sabbath of our creating, while they reject the Bible Sabbath, they virtually admit this assumption. They may claim the authority of tradition and of the uh, fathers for the change, but in so doing, they ignore the very principle which separates them from Rome, that the Bible and the Bible only is the religion of Protestants. The Papists can see that they are deceiving themselves, willingly crossing their eyes to the facts in the case. As the movement for Sunday enforcement gains favor, he rejoices, feeling assured that it will eventually bring the whole Protestant world under the pan of Rome. Romans declare that the observance of Sunday by the Protestants is an homage they pay in spite of the, themselves to the authority of the Catholic Church. The enforcement of the Sunday keeping on the part of the Protestant churches is an enforcement of the worship of the papacy, of the peace. Those who understanding the claims of the fourth commandment choose to observe the false instead of the true Sabbath are thereby paying homage to that power by which alone it is commanded. But in the very act of enforcing a religious duty by secular power, the churches could themselves form an image to the peace. Hence, the enforcement of Sunday keeping the United States of America will be an enforcement of the worship of the peace and its image. But Christians of past generations observed the Sunday, supposing that in so doing, they were keeping the Bible Sabbath. And there are now true Christians in every church, not exempting the Roman Catholic communion, who honestly they believe that Sunday is the Sabbath of divine appointment. God accepted their sincerity of purpose and their integrity before Him. But when Sunday observances shall be enforced by law, and the world shall be enlightened concerning the obligation of the true Sabbath, 
then whosoever shall transgress the law of God to obey a precept which has no higher authority than that of Rome will thereby honor property above God. He is paying homage to Rome and to the power which enforces the institution ordained by Rome. He is worshipping the beast and his image. As men then reject the institution which God has declared to be the sign of his authority and honor in its state that which God has chosen as the token of our supremacy, they will thereby accept the sign of allegiance to Rome, the mark of the beast. And it is not until the issue is thus plainly set before the people and they are brought to choose between the commandments of God and the commandments of men that those who continue transgression will receive the mark of the beast. The most fearful threatening ever addressed to mortals is contained in the first angel's message that men must that that must the most fearful and threatening ever addressed message to mortals is contained in the third angel's message that must be a terrible sin which calls down the wrath of God and mingled with mercy. Men are not to be left in darkness concerning this important matter. The warning against this sin is to be given to the world before the visitation of God's judgment, that all may know why they are to be inflicted and have opportunity to escape them. Prophecy declares that the first angel will make his announcement to every nation and kindred and tongue and people. The worshiping of the first angel's message, which forms a part of the same threefold message, is to be no less widespread. It is represented in the prophecy as proclaimed with a loud voice by an angel flying in the midst of heaven, and it will command the attention of the world. In the issue of the contest, all Christendom will be divided into two great classes, those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus, and those who worship the beast and his image and receive his mark. Although church and state will unite their power to compel all both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive the mark of the peace, yet the people of God will not receive it. The prophet of Patmos behold them that had gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, over his mark, and over the number of his name, and they stand on the sea of grass, having the arms of God, and singing the song of Moses and of the Lamb. End. This Adventist Angels Watchman Radio by Evangelist King Osimo from Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube. Stay tuned and on a podcast, share the message. Stay tuned. This is Adventist Angels Watchman Radio. Have a nice time. Thank you.